Hey friends, welcome back to the cast. It's Sam here. I just wanted to let you know about a little bit of a change that we're making to the cast. You may have noticed that our episodes have typically averaged about an hour long, usually between 45 minutes and an hour 15. That will be changing. We are going to start to record shorter episodes. One that allows us to record more at once, allows us to be a bit more efficient in our recording of the cast, and uh, hopefully allows us to do more quality over quantity. And two, I recognize that some people are not able to devote a whole hour of their time to listening to a conversation. And that's, I understand that we all have busy lives. So we are going to reduce it to on average about half an hour, probably at least 25 minutes, no more than 45 minutes. Um, so you will notice that over the coming weeks that our episodes are a bit on the shorter side. And uh, I hope that that overall results in a better podcast experience. With that said, we hope that you enjoy the show this week. And please remember that the views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the people expressing them and may not necessarily reflect the views of our church. that uh, this Christian book, Liturgy of the Ordinary, has been getting counterfeited on Amazon a whole bunch of times. Like these counterfeit, I guess they're making fake copies of the book and basically the author isn't actually getting compensated and third-party sellers on Amazon are like selling these books and sending them out to people. It, it's nuts. I've not heard of this. Okay. It's crazy. Like this is a big problem with Amazon right now. A bunch of books are actually getting counterfeited um, I don't know. I can't. I was, I'm unclear if they're like totally fake copy. Like it's, it doesn't even say what the book says, or if they're re rep reproductions of the book, mm -hmm. but just unauthorized and and being passed off. I, that's what I think they are. Um, but yeah, the author isn't getting compensated. There's actually like it's happening with other products too. It's just because Amazon, I don't think vets its third party sellers well enough. But um, if you buy like SD cards, like I was trying to shop for SD cards for my Nintendo Switch. And apparently if you buy them on Amazon, you might get one that says it has this much memory on it, but they've hacked it and it actually is less than it says. And I didn't even know you could do that with like <laughs> memory cards, but apparently that's possible. So yeah, just uh, just another example of why you shouldn't use Amazon other than the fact that they like <laughs> don't treat their workers very well and are, uh, you know, they're the natural consequence of uh, unrestrained capitalism. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one be what it is <laughs> for today. Mike's not going to Just let that one <laughs> just be what it is. Don't have the energy tonight, Mike? Um, um, I would say that I... Greed is a bad thing. Greed, Greed is, a bad, is thing. a bad thing. You ever uh, you ever bought a counterfeit book, Mike, knowingly? Or like pirated a book? Or done anything unethical with a book? Uh, with a book? It's a great question. I've been given PDFs of a book, mm. which I cannot... They were gifts. <laughs> I, I cannot say whether the origin of them, but I have no idea. I was just blessed. Yeah. Um, I was definitely given some PDF copies of textbooks during university. And I was not given that. Saved hundreds of dollars as a result. but um, That you definitely tithe, right? 
That's right. N- not at that time. No. Not at that so time, well, even double worse. Double worse. No, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've pirated a book personally, knowably, right? I don't even like doing it for movies. Like I, you got, you, I've talked to you about this. Like yeah. I, I think that any kind of pirating, right? For the Christian, it's not even a question. It shouldn't even be a question, right? It's, it's stealing. Yeah. The most basic form of dishonoring a creator, right? Now, people say, well, it's, you know, it's um, gray areas with streaming and stuff because you're, you're actually just not paying the provider of that stream. But then somehow the money doesn't get back to the creator unless it's already been bought out or whatever. Yeah. You can make your arguments. Yeah. I get that. I do but, like, though, that streaming has basically, like, kind of taken away the need to be, like, do piracy. Like, when I was in high school, I used to pirate, like, all my music. But now I like pay for google play music or my dad pays it and i'm part of the family <laughs> plan but like yeah. it's just so much more convenient than having to go download the mp3s off like some you know website with probably a bunch of viruses on it i never got in like, my brothers used to my older brother used to know all that stuff i never did i just was number one i was afraid of viruses yeah i'm also like i've been redeemed of this a little more but like uh it's still there my tendencies are there to be a little bit more of a like a Let's just say I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of punishment. Hmm. Like I don't like failing. I don't like being right. a you bad wanna, guy. Right? You want to like get the like internet service provider notice. From yeah, that, oh, like, that would freak like, me out. Yeah, we, I've like got those before because one of my roommates, like I pay for our internet at yeah. my house or like, you know, we all pay for it, but it's under yeah. my name. And like, I know when my roommates are pirating stuff because I'll get emails saying like, don't do this or yeah. you'll have to pay. Right now, I, and I just yeah. don't want to do that. Like, I don't like... Get, getting in trouble used to make me so stressed. Right? Yeah. So I was just always like a pretty good kid. Not necessarily because I was good, but because I was afraid. Actually, yeah, me right? too. That's right. Maybe, I'm like, I guess you're not a firstborn, but I was a firstborn. No, I was second. I, I feel like my younger siblings didn't have that as much as I did. Yeah, I don't know. I just was a really good rule keeper. I think it gave me a, getting to the psychology of Mike, right? It gave me a really good rubric to mark myself against. Yeah. And obviously I wanted to be good. I wanted to be right. I wanted whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? And the gospel has to heal some of that stuff obviously but no so i didn't ever really powered anything right i think the only book that i can say was probably not good was a friend of mine gave me the book good to great on pdf and i'm pretty positive that he did not pay for it but i don't know for sure but that's the only one i can think of that like would be like actually in hindsight that probably was not yeah it's it's so hard for file share like with file sharing now existing because i mean like even before like when there were like photocopiers, you could definitely do that with books. I mean, it's a lot of paper, a lot of effort, but like with file sharing on the internet, I like the physical media industry just, just wasn't prepared. And, but like they've responded pretty well now that we've got streaming services and stuff and audible and whatnot, but it's even with PDFs though. Yeah. PDFs, man, they're out there. And that's the thing, like, that, I guess that is the problem with, you know, we've talked about this before, but Christians using legality to define their morality, because I don't, yep. yeah. Well, yeah, because just because you can get away with something doesn't necessarily mean it's, like, again, I think the easiest one right now is, like, weed. Yeah. I was listening to another pastor talk about it. Actually, Mark Clark from Vancouver, he did a little, like, podcast Ooh, on Vancouver, it. Vancouver, yeah. And he's just like, like, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's moral. Like, we have this, we talked about this often in the podcast. A past podcast. I can't talk to you. Are you saying a pot Pot podcast? What? (laughs) The podcast. But um, about how, you know, we have this uh, principle of sobriety, right? Yeah. In in, in the church, that it's better, it's more moral to be of a sober mind than of an infringed mind 
or, or, or impaired mind. And it's different than caffeine. It's different than these other things. It's on the same level, I would argue, with like the idea of sobriety with like alcohol and drunkenness. That's why we don't get drunk as Christians, mm-hmm. right? And at the end of the day, like, like at the end, of, there's no other really reason why you're smoking to get than to get high. Like outside of medicinal stuff, yeah. and we can talk. That's a different conversation. But probably, I'd say like the majority, right? of like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, if you're just smoking, you're, it's to get drunk on weed fumes. Yeah. To say it in a very non yeah, yeah. great way. But anyways, the point being, um, I actually remember the point of that. <laughs> legality and morality. Yes, legality and morality. I, I know it's going somewhere, right? That, that just because we can get away with it legally or even communally, right? Because here's the thing, right? Like no one outside of like lawyers, maybe some content creators really care about pirating and downloading if you ask them they're like almost ubiquitously people will be like yeah i do that right yeah it's not it's not a moral concern of the of the culture mm-hmm. so what yeah right like yeah. we believe in cultural transcendence right? right and morality yeah and we so can be rebellious in that way against we culture. are rebellious in that yeah. way we are moral absolutists with some relative applications um and so it's like yeah, guys, just because, you know, the government's not going to come knock on your door and take you to jail doesn't mean, like, it's permissible. So, and plus, actually, I read this great quote, and I don't remember who it was by, and I'll have to go look it up. But it was that Christians, or it was like followers of Jesus, never look for what is permissible or, um, I can't remember the word, but then it was like, we look for what is praiseworthy or commendable. Right. Right, that we aren't looking for the, the lowest common action. We're looking for that which is praiseworthy, right? And I think that's actually just just choosing that kind of framework for your mind. It's kind of Philippians 4, right? Whatever is excellent, right, pure, noble, think on these things. Mm. That our goal as Christians is never to be like, well, it's permissible, so. It's like, no, what is praiseworthy? Yeah. Right? It's, it's not just, you know, what is, you know, just, you know, a a, a simple thing new. It's like, no, what, what is actually the commendable thing? What What is the, like, double honor thing? Mm-hmm. I think that if we just started thinking more like that, that probably would help us even just in the everyday moral conversations. Yeah, because I think humans are always looking for like ways they can get out of stuff or or you know toe the line, you know push the limits. What's the least of amount of effort I can put in this ring right now, right? Yeah, what's the least amount of effort? What's the least amount of like restrictions I can put on myself? You know, getting away with things on technicalities and whatnot. Technicality, sad. That's great. Yeah, we all do it. Let's be real. Yeah, there's... technically. Oh, you know, if the moment you say that. You already admitted that you did something dumb. That's right. You knew in your heart you weren't supposed to. Well, yeah. Every time, like every time that happens, like even in marriage, where I'm like, well, technically I didn't say that. It's like, bro, get over yourself. Right. Well, we're here after our ops meeting, and we have a couple couple friends sitting in, um, Braden and Zach. Hey, they don't have mics right now, so we'll pass it to them if they have questions. But uh, today we're going to dig into something that a lot of Christians have a difficult time with. They maybe don't understand fully. Um, maybe they like it, and they just don't understand the origins of it, or they have uneasy feelings about it. And that thing is, of course, 
yoga. So Mike, I've done yoga before. Have you ever you ever gone to yoga? You ever attended a class? No, actually, I've never no, done. Okay, so no, you so you I've know nothing about it. Before. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I mean, I can speak from experience. Going to yoga is real relaxing. The stretching is amazing. You, you, you do stuff that is genuinely difficult. It is a discipline on the body. Um, Which is all good. Yeah, yeah. It's that, that element of it is certainly beneficial, I would say. Um, and to be honest, I think, so when I went, the person was definitely talking about some um, Eastern spirituality. There was definitely elements of that in it, that, which I kind of ignored at the time. I think I maybe just wasn't as sensitive to it. It was just kind of like, okay, whatever. That's, I don't believe in that. It's a bunch of hogwash. I'm just going to enjoy these stretches. But um, is there, do you think there are, there's a concern that we're opening ourselves up maybe to other things when we participate in yoga? I, I think there's a spectrum that we need to understand. Like, I, like at the end of the day, uh, the basic physical practices right, are just stretches. You can call it, you know, Christian stretching if you want, if you go in there. But it's the origin we have to be, I would say, concerned about. And most classes, whether they mean to or not, right, are highly spiritual, right? Whether that's intentional mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. just the, the nature of uh, the practice, even secularly known, right? It's just this nice Eastern mythology and, you know, it's centering yourself and all this different stuff that goes into it. And the and in fact, the idea of a yoga is is not just stretching. It's connected to Eastern philosophy and, and, and the different yogas that you actually participate in to form your soul in a certain direction. So it's not, this is a kind of yoga actually mm-hmm. um, that you have to be aware of. And so when you're engaging the practices that are connected to it, um, that go beyond the body, right? There is actual spiritual dimension to it. That this is where I think the spectrum thing hits. Because am I saying that if you go to a yoga class, all of a sudden you're opening yourself up to demons? Of course not. Um, but, but um, are you participating in things? Mm-hmm. Um, on a spiritual level, right? So, so there's like an active spiritual formation that's conforming to like a different philosophy. But, right? it, it, but I do think, depending on on, on the level of um, the, the 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 level of, of spiritual engagement, even from the instructor or from the the setting that it, that it's in, like you are entering spiritual warfare, whether you like it mm-hmm. or not. And and it's not that you're someone going in and you're going to be like like when Christians say I'm opening myself up to the devil. It's it's weird. I think it's weird language because it's very passive, right? right? Like, right. like if you're a Christian, we, we do believe that you cannot be overcome by anything, any spiritual thing that's outside of uh, the Holy Spirit. You, you, you can ask that and give permission to different oppressions and things. So we have to be aware of having our language around that. But if you're going into this highly spiritual place, which is not of the same spiritual stuff of the kingdom of heaven, and just passively consuming, you are feeding your soul in wrong things. And and whether it's the prayers or whether it is the even the heart of it, like I'm not one one of those guys who believes that just participating in this this thing called yoga is somehow, you know, this righteously demonic thing. Mm-hmm. Because I think most people who actually teach it and practice it right now have no clue and are not connected in any real way to what it's actually forming. But there is this the the nature of no, of knowledge that it is a highly spiritual um, activity. That's what it's meant to be, right? And it was just the way of connecting the body to that. And so, I would say that going to some yoga class that is highly Eastern, 
highly Buddhist or highly Hindu or whatever connection they're trying to make there, whatever yoga it's trying to try trying to be, and then going, well, I'm just going to pray to Jesus through the whole thing. All right. All well, right. what what can we offer that's better then? Because. I mean, I think there are like some like yoga classes that like they, there's no mention maybe at all of, of those. Well, again, I think like the thing that people don't get is like the idea of stretching your body is not what's evil or bad. The yeah. idea of like breathing properly is a good thing, mm. right? The physical exercise is good. I think we just got to be aware of the other dimensions to it. And so, you know, people have talked about getting Christian yoga classes and all this different stuff. And I, the, the danger in that, like it's twofold. It, it's that... On one side, it's not all that crazy to think of a Christian yoga class. The issue, right, is is that the language even of yoga is, again, connected to uh, what we would consider a false spiritual formation. Okay. And so calling it Christian stretching is weird, too. So I don't know. The thing is, like, just taking care of your physical body, breathing right, stretching right, like, those are good things. We just got to, we have to detach it um, and reclaim it or redeem it from the things that we would say are, are going in the opposite direction from what maybe Jesus wants for us. So like, yeah. I, I. So I guess my question on that topic is if you're going to say that yoga is inextricably linked to Eastern spirituality, um, either you're going into this and you're saying, you know, this is like a missionary outreach thing. Like I'm going to redeem this class or you're saying I'm going to ignore the spiritual side. At which point would that not be cultural expropriation? I'm, no, I'm not saying if you're going to go to it and just ignore it. I, I just think you have to be aware of what's going on. So yes, could be missional, sure. I think the issue is passive consumption, right? Like, and so for me, like I don't go to yoga classes not because I think yoga in itself is bad. It's just I just know that there is better ways I could be spending my time that would be actually more aligned with the kingdom of heaven. So I, I don't know if to me the the issue is going to be a passive consumption i don't like i don't like going in and doing this thing because of this it's an eastern culture like whatever i'm not going to fight about eastern cultures but understanding the nature of its origin and philosophy i think is actually really important does that make sense yeah i think you know where where i struggle with is is if you're going to go in there and say um you know I'm, i'm passively consuming i think it's I think it's good for you to go in and say, hey, like I can appreciate certain parts of other cultures. Like I can see that you do this and that's really cool, right? Like you can say, I see, you know, um, like Native Americans have an amazing respect for nature. And like we can respect that without adopting um, the spiritual framework that results in that. But it seems to me that if you want to um, engage in their in the practices that are a part of this, like I almost feel like, um, you can't like they, you cannot separate them. Um, because at a base level that, that this is, you know, their spiritual discipline, right. That results in these things. And so I think that, you know, your, um, I like the idea of cultural expropriation where you're saying, I like this one piece, I'm going to take that out and I'm fine with that. Um, versus if we're going to say it's just stretching, like, you can stretch without going to yoga class. And I think, well there, but then there's, I think there's, there's different elements to that conversation then because appreciating the fact that a native American loves nature, right? We would say as Christians, so do we, right? But we would say that that truth is, is better connected to the idea of the creator God and all this other stuff. So we would look at that and say, that's such a good value. We love that. Right now we would maybe disagree with maybe some of their, 
you're right, the next step religious practices maybe flow from that. And we want to, as Christian missionaries who believe, you know, God's revealed truth, that we want to help them see the truth in that way. Uh, versus going into like, yeah, this practicing, oh, I like the fact that you stretch. I just don't like your philosophy behind it. But I, I, I still think both hearts of redemption are the same ultimately. And I don't think that like... I get what you're saying in the sense if I just go and I stretch and I say, oh, that's, you know, I don't really, I want to disconnect the, the Easternness from it, how that could be like cherry picking. But again, stretching isn't a cultural thing. Stretching is a human thing. And so I'm rejecting at that point the, the philosophy behind it. So I do agree. You can, you don't need to go to yoga class stretch. Um, and so that's why, like, I, like, to me, it's not even a question. I just don't go. And I don't think people who go in are so evil. I just don't think they understand. And... And so I, 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 I'm trying to redeem the truth in those moments, which is why, yes, so stretching is good, but I want to reject the spiritual discipline, as you said, like the spiritual discipline of this yoga uh, that's supposed to form their soul after a certain thing in which we say, no, our soul's formed this way, right? And to me, the question as a Christian is like, what is sinful and what is just not helpful, right? And so I think it seems to me like we're leaning into the category of like, this might not be sinful necessarily but it's probably not helpful to the formation of your soul and coming to look more like christ yeah i I would agree like there are some who make a hard line and say you know yoga is like demonic and moral like never for a christian i think that's probably pushing it to the beyond what it is it's 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 almost having this fear-based theology um but again yoga in its fullest form would be anti-kingdom and so it would be unwise to, to engage in, but we can redeem elements of it. Like there's people who go on like on YouTube and do like these Christian yoga YouTube channels. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I understand what you should like you're because, because I think there's a wisdom in saying that this word doesn't mean what people think it means. And so we can kind of use it as a missional tool um, and reclaim certain things. But yeah, I just, I'm like, again, I know Yoga, especially in KW, where like it's such yoga, such a big thing. Um, like I'm not gonna walk around being like you know heathen because you go to yoga. Like that's not like. But I do think there are better things for your soul than that. Maybe yeah. I should say. It's funny. This actually reminds me of something we talked about before on the podcast, where like in the Catholic Church, Freemasonry participation as in Freemasonry is considered a mortal sin that you're not supposed to do. But then the Catholic Church has like the Knights of Columbus, which is essentially the same thing, just without like the whatever debatably pagan spiritual things are part of freemasonry it's those are removed and the focus is on the catholic church and like catholic brotherhood and and all that stuff but like they still have like you know their bingo nights and their uh like it's it's essentially a social club so Mm -hmm. um this seems sort of like if christians were to try to take some of the practices of yoga like the breathing and the stretching it feels like it would follow very much in in those lines that like this is a good thing that you can enjoy um we're just like, no, we're going to direct it in a way that isn't, you know, against our church. That doesn't contradict what we've believed. We're going to, cause I, cause I think they don't necessarily, the goal of stretching and breathing doesn't have to be about the soul. It can just be a healthy thing that you enjoy. That's good for your body. I think. Well, but we don't also fall into dualism, Sam, right? We are embodied souls. And so taking care of the body is soul care. Yeah. Just put it out there. Okay, so, so parts of yoga are good then? Parts of yoga, in essence, right, to stretch and to breathe and to do this are good things, mm-hmm. right? They're just attached to what we would consider anti-kingdom philosophy. Um, my question would be, do you consider that the whole conversation behind this is kind of a battle of semantics? 
and talking about like one person looks like they're doing yoga and one person also looks like they're doing yoga, but one person is meditating on an Eastern practice where one person is simply just praying to God. Well, yeah. So that's the thing is that's why I like, you have to understand of the, of the context, right? Like if you're going into a moksha yoga class, you are engaging in a religious activity, right? Like Muslims and Christians both pray on their knees, right? One we would say is praying to a God that does not exist. And one is right in our framework. Some people would say they pray to the same God. Some would say that (laughs) you could argue there is philosophy on that, but right. The nature of Allah versus the nature of Jesus, we would argue very different regardless. Right. Um, And so, yes, it's deeper than semantics, but it is context, right? It's like, you know, would I go, you know, and go pray in a Buddhist temple? Well, probably not. Not because I think my prayers are somehow demonic all of a sudden, but because I know in that moment, it's going to look like I'm actually supporting or praying to like whatever, um, you know, if if they're more of a spiritual Buddhist, uh, you know, the the savior that they think is coming like like in certain streams of buddhism or if i go to hindu temple and there's a bunch of different gods like i'm not gonna pray in that space in an overt way i'll pray obviously internally and pray the holy spirit to fill me whatever but because i'm entering a sacred space right and or a religious space maybe not sacred it's a bad word right so just recognizing that there is context that matters and everything is spiritual. There's something that we do believe as Christians and that nothing is neutral ultimately. Yeah. Um, well, okay. That's nothing's neutral when we participate. Things are neutral. Obviously microphones are neutral, but the way we use it, it's not. Yeah. Get that, whatever. Right. But so to your point, uh, Braden, yes, that at the end of the day, it context does matter. Motivation does matter. Um, stretching is stretching. Remove the remove the culture. Remove the philosophy. It's good for your body. Put on the philosophy. Put on where it's come from. Because even like this, is pe- pe- people don't get right. Like the commonalities of religion, right? Don't mean Christianity is less true, right? That we should be, you know, sacrificing and giving to the poor. Like you know, Muslims believe you should give to the poor. Jews believe you should give to the poor. It doesn't mean like giving to the poor is somehow anti-Christian, right? Like no, it's like it's a good thing. We would just say the philosophy behind it might need to be corrected or changed or or transformed into the image of Christ. And so, you know, this is where, and this is very offensive for the modern world, right? Ideas are not equal, right? We believe people are all dignified, but ideas can be argued against. This is something that Ravi Zacharias, one of the Christian apologists, makes a big case for. I think it's very powerful is that, you know, not all ideas are created equal. Not all ideas are good in the same way. Although people who maybe have those ideas do good things, obviously. And so I can take the idea of, you know, Eastern philosophical yoga and separate it from those who practice it and saying that this idea is, we would say is, is wrong. It's not a good one. Mm-hmm. Even though people who engage in it, maybe even find it helpful at times because yeah. helpfulness and truthfulness are not always synonymous. Yeah. Um, and hopefully most of the time that it is, but it's not always right because of the, the philosophical narratives that shape some things. And so, you know, prayer, we would say is always good praying to a false God. We would say actually is not good. Yep. Right, because there's a there's a philosophy in that.